And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And today we'll be covering the fifth episode of the second season of Supernatural, titled Simon Said. Jamie, what do you think? It was an episode of Supernatural. Your prediction was fucking spot on. Like, you nailed it. Like, I know we were saying it was, like, on the nose, like, your prediction. I mean, his name wasn't Simon. But, like, (laughs) you know, like, being like, oh, you know, it's probably a guy who has, like, mind control. Probably one of the special children. Probably this. I was like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Guess we'll wait and see. And in my mind, I was like, is she a psychic? Like, like, yeah, it was exactly, I mean, yeah. Like I said, his name wasn't Simon. But other than that, you pretty much nailed it. Yeah, well... I'm sorry, what else am I meant to think? Like, Simon says... <laughs> I don't know. And they're all building up a plot of, like, obviously there's something different with Sam. Yeah. Which actually, I have a point that I think may blow your mind. Okay. I think you may not have ever thought about this this way. Okay. But I thought about the episode Skin while I was watching this episode. Is the guy who's a shapeshifter in Skin also one of the spe- like one of the kids who had their parents burned to the death in the ceiling? Because he said he was born like that. So all of these kids had their powers before the burning to death. We've established this. And this episode establishes it even more because it's talking about how not all of them had the mother burning to death on the ceiling. They're just gifted, like... Okay, shapeshifters are a monster of their own. But he wasn't... The way that they described it was not... He was born as a... like. He had he had a human family. He should have been a human. Like he was born to human parents. Okay, so I don't know how to talk about this without like bringing in things you don't know yet. Like there's another episode in like season six, and like a lot of the overarching plot of like season six is kind of relevant to this, but I don't want to tell you about it because it's not for like another four seasons but essentially you get into a bit more of the like how monsters like shifters like procreate so like okay so (laughs) so look potentially he could have been a baby that had the ability was one of the special children who just happened to have been sired by a shapeshifter that is a potential i because they just said like this one the villain, the evil twin... Weber. Weber. Is killing people because he's lonely. Which is the entire motivation <laughs> of the evil shapeshifter in Skin. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... Okay, I yeah, I see where you're making the... The connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. No, 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 I see that. Here's the thing. It is, I guess, a possibility. I would suggest it's not the case for reasons that I cannot explain to you. <laughs> But, look, you know, when we get to season six, we can come back to this. I told you I didn't think you would have ever thought of it in this way, though. I absolutely have never thought of it in that way. <laughs> but I think it is an interesting, like, yeah, an interesting connection. And you're right, like, they they do kind of have the same motives. And it's a very similar, like, you know, we were born different and, like, we are able to do these things that, like, you know, no one else can. Although, to be fair... When it comes to the psychic children, they also weren't aware of their abilities until like approximately 12 months prior to where we are now. Yeah. So that's different to the shifter yeah. who would have been, been very aware yeah. from day dot, you know, or as soon as they were capable of being aware, yeah. I guess, because infants aren't really, I don't know, self-aware in the sense of 
knowing what they look like and how that changes, I yeah. guess. You know what I mean? Like, a baby's basically just a potato with a consciousness. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Like, how would you, how would you describe a baby? <laughs> Sorry. I am so tired. <laughs> We're going to make this work. I'm going to pull my shit together. I promise. <laughs> Look, it's definitely not something that's totally, Im- it's not completely outside the realm of possibility. It's very highly unlikely for reasons you will later understand through while we go through the rest of like the the demon special children plot and also once we get to season six because of law that i don't know yet because i haven't seen the rest of the series it's unlikely because there is law behind the shifter that i don't know yet yes and also the way i'm assuming shifters sort of work is incorrect because i don't know the law behind them because i haven't been told it yet Kind of, but also, like, you don't know the whole plot of the special children yet. Yeah. And, like, that also has implications that kind of poke holes. So, like, look, when we get to the end of this plot, we'll talk about it. Okay. (laughs) And maybe even into season six. But it's a very interesting thought. You're definitely right where they're, again, putting the uh, antagonist with the idea of, like, their justification is that they're lonely and they're, like, looking for love and connections Mm. in all the wrong places, as it were. You know, so that is an interesting thing that I actually never noticed. So kudos for that. Whether or not you can tie the shifter to the special children up for debate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The reason for the connection in my brain also is the shifter only became active, like, pretty recently. So, like, knowing that all the special children just got their powers, I was like, maybe this is why. Like... Okay, and yeah. I think that's just like a timeline coincidence. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the shifter, either they just found out about the shifter, or they just the shifter just started killing people recently, and it's not. It's just happened to be a coincidence at the same time as. And you are correct because it is approximately twelve months prior because we are now at episode five of season two, whereas Skin was episode six of season mm. one. So assuming a season is a year, which generally is the case. Mm some notable exceptions, then that, yeah, that would correlate to be about 12 months. Yeah. So I completely understand where you're coming from. It's a fun head canon. We'll come back to it. Unlikely <laughs> in a few to seasons. be actual canon. And obviously the way you're acting it isn't actual canon. Look, here's the thing. I would say it's not. But you probably could make some arguments based on sort of the things you just said, like the timing of it. And yeah, the other thing is shape-shifting is not a psychic Ability, and thus far, all of the special children are specifically have mental psychic abilities, whereas, like, or telekinesis kind of thing. Whereas the shifter, that's a physical mm. capability. It's a physical change that yeah. is occurring. It's not a... It would be different if the shifter shifted by projecting a different version of himself into Like Loki. Yes, yeah. yeah. Whereas this is, no, it's actually a physical change mm. that is occurring to its body. It's like a snake shedding its skin or something, mm. and versus something... Like uh, Andy in this episode, he's able to project. Oh yes, this episode where we're actually yeah, talking about. yeah. He's able to uh, sort of like well, just I think Dean says the best. He he Obi Wan's people. You know, these are not the droids you're looking for, and just kind of completely can control them in that sense. Or you had uh, Max from a few episodes back in in Nightmare, and he could obviously had the telekinesis, and you know, or Sam with his visions. It's all very much mental and it's all things that they can learn to control we've learned like you can practice it and refine it so that in and of itself is interesting and different because 
the shifter is more of a physical versus mental yeah 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 yeah. it's not and it's not something that it exerts on others it's a change within itself so it's not like it can't change the appearance of objects or other people it can only change its sam's visions aren't something for others true but they are of others Mm. like it's still involving third parties whereas the shifter like everything that it does with its abilities is sort of contained to its own self but it also takes the consciousness and the memories of the person it turns into that's true it does need the psychic so if that is your argument there it does have a psychic link to its victims that's true that's true anyway so look like i said I would suggest that's not the case based on other things that I know. But However, it could be a fun head cannon that you could yeah, shove into yeah. the gaps of the. You can the you could argue for it, which I think is is interesting and fun. While we are on the topic of the special children, this episode is specifically about forwarding the plot of the special children and about Sam's psychic abilities and what they mean and what's going on and what. So are I'm the- assuming special children is how they refer to all the. Kids who had their mothers burned to death on the ceiling. Well, not necessarily. Only some of them had their mothers burned to death. Yeah, so all of these people who inexplicably have developed psychic powers over the last 12 months-ish. Yeah. And we assume that all of them are linked to the same demon. I I can't remember right now if they've actually used the term special children in the show or if I've just started saying it, but that's definitely how they are referred to in general within the show and also outside, like in fandom, and I probably just said it without thinking. And it's also probably easier for me to know the terms so that I don't just have to yes, keep saying, like, sorry. the Psychic kids you have. people, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So. Is the shifter a special child? <laughs> He's sorry. not a big, so. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cute. Um, so, <laughs> so, obviously, yeah, this episode is really about forwarding that plot and, and it kind of poses more questions than it answers. One thing, kind of skipping straight to the crux of it, and I'm sure we will circle back and go over this a million times Let's as we go. are yeah. to do, but at this point in time, Sam and Dean are the only people who actually know about the demon. Of all the of all the people they've met who are psychic, so um, Max and Andy and... Andy's evil twin. Andy's evil twin. And is there, is there another one that I'm forgetting? Who am I thinking? No, because Max was telekinetic because um, he killed his... Uncle and oh, now I'm just thinking about the shifter. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I swear there's one. We were just talking about it. No, so. Now it's Bethany's headcanon. So, <laughs> so we've, yeah, so we've met, we've met a couple of the other, you know, people who are psychic. So yeah, we've had three. So we've had Max, we've had Andy, and we've had Weber. Anywho, so neither Max nor Andy knew anything about the demon. Weber, on the other hand, had had specific contact with the yellow-eyed man, who we as the audience understand is going to be the yellow-eyed demon. Because it's weirdly specific. There's not two yellow-eyed things going around. Yeah, also yellow-eyes is like an uncommon characteristic, I'd say. So Not too many humans with yellow-eyes. Exactly. So I am wondering, just because like we now know like the yellow-eyed man, the yellow-eyed demon, came to Weber, I think he said in a dream, and he told him, you know, you're not, you can't t- tell Andy yet, you know, you. Um, and he's giving him instructions, which is something that we haven't seen yet because it hasn't happened to Sam, and it hasn't happened to the other two because we know that they didn't know anything about the demon. Yeah. I'm wondering, do you have any thoughts or predictions or anything about the special children in general, about uh, what the demon's plans might be? 
just because I think this is an interesting point because this is kind of where it starts to kick up a notch. It's very clear the yellow-eyed demon has a plan and I think it's pushing these kids into specific situations in specific places. Okay. Because if there's a reason why it's burning some of them, their mothers to death on the ceiling, but it's not doing it to others, it's targeting the special children for a reason. Like, And even the specific children within the special children that it's targeting for that sort of violence at the six-month-old mark. Yeah. There has to be a reason behind it. Mm -hmm. We know it's not anything specifically, like, genetic or something. It's not a case of, like, the mother has to die for the powers to be unlocked because this episode disproved that when the adopted mother was the one who died and not the biological mother. Yeah. So it's clearly not a case of, like, you know, in some series it's, like, the mother has a gift and the child doesn't receive the gift until the mother passes on. Yeah. Does that makes sense? Like, yeah. it's not like a but inheritance sort of gift. Like, like the witches in Charmed, for example. Like, yeah. they didn't inherit their powers until their mother passed. Yeah, or even in Buffy, like, only one slayer is ever yeah. evoked at a time. time. And, and until the, ne- the slayer dies, then the next slayer is chosen. Yeah. Yeah. It's clearly not something that requires, like, the biological mother to die for. Like, that's not why... Yeah, and even though their biological mother is killed in this episode by Weber, so we know that she was alive and well up until the point where, ironically, he did have her burned alive, which was horrific, by the way. It's very clear that the demon is shaping their lives in specific ways to put them where he wants them, whether that's in specific mental states, specific locations, specific situations where they either have to kill someone or be killed, or whether it's, like, yeah, that sort of thing. Because you've got to remember, like, Sam probably would have had a perfectly normal childhood if Mary hadn't burned to death in the ceiling. Max probably wouldn't have because he was still being beaten. No, he probably would have also had a perfectly normal childhood. The turning point was his Because the per- turning point was his mum dying, which started his father beating him. Mm-hmm. And he had a perfectly normal... Upbringing, but upbringing he was adopted. Because he was adopted... And they probably thought that the mother burning to death on the ceiling would have happened happened and would have changed his course, but it clearly didn't because he's still fairly well adjusted. I was going to say, he's pretty well adjusted. Considering he can make people do whatever the fuck he wants by just telling them to do it. Yeah, quick side note. I really want to appreciate for a second, Andy is the absolute best case scenario of man gets mind control powers. And Weber is the absolute worst case scenario of man gets mind control powers. Even Annie, like, in the episode, he's like, I have an evil twin. Like, <laughs> it's so funny, but it's also like, I, I love Andy. I really, really do. I think he's a fantastic character. I think he's really fun. And, you know, I think he's like a genuinely nice person, which you don't come across no. that often. Usually they've got some kind of motive or something. But he's just like, I don't, like, Sam says to him, he's like, you could have anything you want and you're just like here and he's like got everything I need like I'm happy I don't yeah. need fancy fucking mansion or like a private yeah. jet or like whatever like I'm happy I've got my van I've got my bong like I'm good <laughs> so sorry that I- makes me think that the reason that he didn't burn the mother of the adoptive family of the twin hmm. was maybe the father was already abusive something was wrong there that he thought oh this kid is gonna 
turn out the way I want him even without intervention. Yeah. And so then he has realised that, oh, no, the intervention that I put in place with the adopted parents for Andy Mm -hmm. didn't work. Like, what I thought would turn him into someone who was willing to kill didn't work. Yeah. So that's when he started contacting Weber to influence him, knowing that Weber was already sort of where he wanted him. Yeah. And knowing that the desperation to stop Weber would lead Andy to doing something that... Otherwise he would never do. Otherwise he would never do because he, again, surprisingly chill considering that he can make people do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Yeah. And that's chill. really revealed to me in the moment where he goes, she's scared of me now. I've never used my powers on her. Yeah. And like, I think that's, a, you're right. It's a very specifically important because like they were romantically involved and he made a point of being like, I, and actually in the episode, like she said they had a fallen, like they sort of mm-hmm. fell out about a year before, yeah. which would have been when he got his powers. So he's like specifically distanced himself because he doesn't want to put her in that position where he accidentally says something and puts She's power into to the do words. Because yeah. he doesn't want to do that to her. And it's it's so considerate. And it's also know? the thing where they they show, and like as an audience member, I thought for a minute maybe he is using his powers on her because that moment where he goes... Um, the doctor just died yeah and she's like oh i'm glad you come to me it's like oh like is he using it on her here Mm. and then it's revealed that no he wasn't like they genuinely went to her because he was upset because this guy died yeah it's a genuine connection there it's not him using his powers on her to try and get something get something from her which makes me think that he's probably not used it on anyone for those purposes. No, and it's like you see him like use it to like get the cup of coffee or whatever, yeah. and it's like it's this and he uses things. it to get like the debt collectors off of his back and like yeah. And there's there is the part where he's leaving someone some girl's apartment, and you see yeah. her in the window, and she's like leaning out in the lingerie, and it's kind of like based on how they depict his character throughout the rest of the episode, I like to think that that was not. A spe- using his specific yeah. coercion yeah. that he did just i don't know you know also i think it he's also a pretty chill guy like personality counts like okay mm-hmm. he's not like the most attractive he's very handsome. easily confident yeah which says it's it exudes from him because of course he's confident he can he knows he can get what he wants yeah but he doesn't abuse that he doesn't assume he's going to get everything he wants, but he he knows that he'll get enough to get by, I guess. And he's also not asking people to do horrific things. He's not asking like, people to make themselves uncomfortable or put themselves in harm's way. Except for when he takes the car from Dean. Yeah, but even that doesn't put Dean in, no. Dean in harm's way. And he does just leave the car yeah. around town for Dean to find. Yeah. So with the keys in it and everything. Yeah. We kind of got off track a bit there. But pulling it back to Weber... I made a note of the facts as well, which you actually touched on, is that Weber turned Andy into a killer, which... Yeah, because that actually will spawn from my theories about special children. Mm. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I forgot where we were That's for a okay. second. So, which, first of all, poor Andy, just put it out there. But also, poor fucking Tracy. Yeah. Oh my god. Because, like, let's face it, if Andy and the brothers didn't show up, that would have been right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like it's safe to assume that in Sam's vision, she was assaulted because she's in the slip in the vision. 
Which returned to like white slips slash nightgown and things. blonde. Yeah. Yeah. It's a choice. It's a choice for sure. Each to their own, I guess. Yeah, I guess. So weirdly specific thing for the costume department to do to. to I think it's more of a symbolism type thing. (laughs) Quickly jumping back to what you were saying about Weber and Andy, I just want to. I'm curious. You were saying that you think that the demon is trying to manipulate the kids or the young adults, I guess. I'm going to call them kids anyway. Into being in specific places or having specific like upbringings. But you also mentioned that the demon manipulated Andy into becoming a killer via Weber. I'm curious, do you think that he's trying to manipulate them all into positions where they would be violent, like would be able to kill? Or do you just think that that is like a a once off? Like genuinely, like I'm curious because you kind of made those two points separately. And I don't know if they are linked in your brain or if they're separate. it seems like the most common position that all the kids have been in so far is murder. Sam has been killing things for a very long time. Whether they are things or things people. or people is up for debate in some cases, but he's been killing a lot of things for a long time. Yeah. So he's already there. You've got Max, who, because of his specific upbringing, went on to kill his two people and tried to kill a third. Now you've got Andy... Sorry, I'll go Weber first. Yeah. Weber, who he manipulated into killing two different people through talk of loneliness and, like, here's the thing, like, there was a point and it's, like, um, uh, he says something along the lines of, like, oh, he told me, like, I couldn't tell you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think Andy makes the point of, like, so you, like, you you ring, like, just before he makes a point, he's, like, you ring, you pick up the phone, we have a drink together, we talk about how weird it is that we're twins. Like, you don't... Go and kill a kill. bunch of people. Yeah. And it's like, so you can reasonably assume that Weber probably wouldn't have killed those people either if he could have just talked to Andy about it. Yeah. Because Andy would He would have talked him out of it. Yeah. yeah. It, it would have been a conversation where he would realise that he's not lonely and he's not alone because Andy would have accepted him as his brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then maybe he would have been... A little more like Andy and a little less like the evil twin. You know, and then like Andy was not in a position or a mind state where he wanted to kill anyone. Mm. And then he was sort of forced to do it because it was the only way to stop Weber from killing both Tracy and And Dean. Dean. And there's also a good chance that Weber then in the end would have killed Andy anyway. Mm. So it's like whether the killing is the specific bit the demon's trying to target or the mental anguish that comes with being in a position where you have to kill somebody. I don't know, but it's certainly a weird dink that they've <laughs> all managed to be in situations where it's sort of either kill or be killed. Yeah, okay. That's really cool. I just wanted to I wanted to ask because, like I said, you kind of made the point separately and I just didn't know if they were to connect it in your head yeah. or if it was... But does that make sense, what yes. I'm saying? Everything that you're saying like, makes sense, yeah. Yeah. And even actually, um, I'm glad that you, well, I've sort of, got you to elaborate on a bit more but I am glad that you mentioned the concept of Andy not being a killer until sort of Weber sort of puts him in that position because even in this episode Sam and Dean are talking in the car and Dean says you know you're not a killer Sam it's not in your bones and Sam's like well last I checked I kill all sorts of things yeah like 
that's literally what we do, you know? And so that is sort of a recurring theme as well for Sam looking at these other psychics and being like, well, they're all killing people. Well, Andy excluded until unfortunately the end of the episode. One thing that I do want to touch on, which is something that is really, really relevant to me upon like, and obvious to me on rewatch, which you potentially wouldn't notice, but I'm going to point it out because I think it's very important. We talk a lot about how Dean is Sam's like parental figure. I'm going to say parental because he is both like mother and father. So not just father figure or mother figure, but both. You know, when a parent or like a close friend or someone that you like look up to and respect the opinion of says something to you in like a negative way and it like stings in a way that it wouldn't if anyone else said it and it like sits with you and you just like hold that for a long time. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, and they might not even say it in like a direct way, but like an offhand way. Like they not might not mean it, but you feel it. There's a moment in this episode where up until this point, Dean has always referred to Sam's powers as freaky and disconcerting. And in this episode, he actually refers to Sam as a freak rather than his powers being freaky. Yeah. And it's the first instance where Sam has not been separated from his abilities. And Dean, like, he doesn't mean to, and he immediately tries to play it off, but he specifically refers to Sam as a freak. To which Sam goes, you can kind of see it, and, like, kudos to Jared in this moment, because you do see, like, Sam's kind of reaction as, I can't believe you just said that to me, like, and he's like, so I'm a freak now? You know, and like I said, Dean tries to play it off, but the damage is done. Like, you are not going to come back from that moment because Dean has just classed Sam as a thing, not a person. And the specific term freak becomes something that sits with Sam forever. Like, it becomes like in moments of anger or upset, he's like, because I'm a freak. Like, it's it's that particular raising. Right. Yeah. I wanted to talk about it, even though you haven't seen those future things yet, because this is the instigation. This is like where the seed is sown, or at least where where Sam may have had his own self-confidence issues and self-doubts and things. This is where Dean confirmed it. And it came from his parental figure, his brother, his closest person in the whole wide world, just referred to him as a freak rather than as a person, rather than as a brother. It's a very important character moment for both of them but specifically Sam this lasts like for the rest of the series like it's something that carries on and is still referenced like I think the latest reference I can think of off the top of my head is probably season 13. See here's the thing though you sidetracked me from what I was saying before (laughs) Sorry, because I have another theory. Oh sure. About the yellow eyed demon. Oh love that. Hit me with it. What specifically my theory is about what John says to Dean before John dies. Oh, yes. Hit me with it. I want to know what you think. So you've actually mentioned this already this episode. Oh, okay. And you said, and to quote the show, it's not in your bones. Mm-hmm. That's a weird way to say something like that. Okay. Normally, the way that you would say is it's not in your blood. Yeah, that's the more common that's phrase. That's the more common phrase. Yeah. So... That led me down a rabbit hole. Okay, yeah, because you're right. The phrase is usually like, 
oh, you don't have like a murderous bone in your body kind of yeah. thing. Whereas it's like, it's not in your blood is the more... more so they kind of like... Meshed them together in a weird way. Yes, which like Which makes me think that Dean went to say, it's not in your blood, but John said something to Dean about the genetics of Sam, which is why he has his psychic abilities. I love this theory from you. Please keep talking. It just seemed weird that he would start the phrase, it's not in your blood. Yeah, and ends with not. And not in your bones. Yeah. That's a weird way to put it, which makes me think that maybe there is something in Sam's blood that makes him a killer. Okay. And maybe this is the information that John knew that he told Dean, but he didn't tell Sam. Because you would tell Dean... That Sam has, I don't know, fucking Lucifer's blood in him or some <laughs> fucking shit like that because it's fucking supernatural. Yeah, yeah. You would tell Dean that so he could watch out in case Sam decided to go on a murderous rampage. <laughs> but yeah. you wouldn't tell Sam that because that might cause Sam to rampage. go on a murderous rampage. I love this. Yeah, okay. So... I just went down a rabbit hole and I'm like, that's a really weird way to phrase it. Yeah. And maybe this is a clue. But also it's supernatural, so I may be reading <laughs> way too much into this. No, okay, so it's really cool. Like, this is another one of those things where I never in a million years would have picked up on that turn of phrase. Because I just always took it as it was. So the fact that you've gone down that rabbit hole with that is actually really fun. And, like, I love hearing your theories because they're always kind of batshit, but... That works. Supernatural is kind of that. Exactly. So it doesn't really matter. And so, (laughs) and what I always find really interesting is your predictions are, I mean, look, sometimes they're completely off base, but there are moments where you, it's like you have this weird moment of like, it's not clarity because you're confused the whole time, but (laughs) it's like, it's like within, within your theories, it's like there's one sentence where I'm like, oh, that's kind of on the right track. But then the rest of it is, like, insane. Like, well, like, my first week's theory where I'm like, maybe John's just fucking hiding out somewhere. He's on a, he's on a bender, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that was completely batshit. But also, he was just, he was hiding, just hiding yeah. out. Like, I was completely wrong about, like, the entire method and the why of it. But at the end of the day, yeah. he was hiding. And, like, he wasn't specifically, like taken her anything like and this particular theory the other thing i really love about your theories is that you pick up on such specific things that are not necessarily the things that i would normally pick up on or things that i have picked up on in the past or come across in my meta or like whatever so like yeah that particular phrase the fact that you've gone somewhere with that i love it because it is interesting and like yeah you make a good point like that's a viable theory really like you're right it is weird that they kind of mesh those two phrases and like we do have this information about from john that we don't know what the fuck it is yet and dean is hiding something from sam so it's a perfectly viable theory and i yeah it's it's fun and it's interesting and i love listening to you go down these rabbit hole theories because i obviously know what's correct (laughs) um but it's just yeah it's so fun to hear you experiencing it for the first time and like knowing where you're at and i really hope that everyone listening also enjoys that because Otherwise, this podcast probably sucks. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I just... Obviously, I'm not going to tell you, like, if you're on the right track or anything, like... It's really hard for you to not tell me if I'm on the right track, though, isn't it? It's really hard because 
sometimes you say things that sound really cool and I'm like, fuck, she's going to get our hopes up and it's going to be shit. <laughs> it's going to be so shit in comparison. Uh, or sometimes you say something and I'm like, oh my God, that's actually like fanon. Like that's a, that's a really popular headcanon like that people have, but it's not actually canon in the show. Mm. Or sometimes you say things and I'm like, yeah, that's like really spot on, but I cannot confirm it. Or sometimes you say something that's like, completely batshit I'm like well I don't want to let her down but like also you know and it, yeah it makes it so difficult because I want to talk about it and I want to be like oh my god yeah and then this and this and this or oh not really you know like but it's so hard <laughs> and I'm just like sitting here staring at you intently trying to work out what your reaction is trying to is. figure out like if you're on the right track yeah or and it's so hard Look, good because <laughs> I'm really trying to make it so that it's not easy for you to know if I think you're theories are like spot on or if I think they're like completely left field you've got to admit though most of my theories at least make some sense oh yeah they're like, always grounded in some kind yeah, of logic I, like there are very very few that I pulled straight out of my ass <laughs> there are a few but typically they're like the ones where you go what do you think next week's episode will be that's also what makes it fun because if you were just like completely like if you were trying to be stupid with it it wouldn't and occasionally work. I do when I have no idea yeah but like you know, the fact that you always have, you can always be like, okay, based on this evidence from the source material, this is what I think. It makes it so much more interesting because one, I get to see your brain wearing, which is always fun. I love seeing people's brains tick over in real time. But also, like, your interpretation, because it is subjective, right? Television as a media, like, it is subjective. Everyone has their own interpretation. And by God, do we have many interpretations within the supernatural fandom. All I can think of is that post that's like, yeah, but nobody, like, analyzes TV. Yeah, it's like, I would love to set you wild on Dean Tumblr. <laughs> Quite genuinely, listening to other people's perspectives is so fascinating. And it's always, like, things that I never considered. And I'm always like, oh, my God, that's such a cool idea. And I need to stop waffling because I waffle too much about this particular thing, <laughs> which is that I love hearing your theories and I love hearing everyone's theories and I just need to stop <laughs> but do you like my theories like this is i what I'm love your theory like it's very interesting it's very fun i like the idea i like the idea that dean had to stop himself from using that very common phrase because he realizes like it's not true like yeah. i think that's and he doesn't want to lie to sam like yeah i i think that that is an incredible read on his character if nothing else like it's a and it's a very fun idea that something is genetically up with Sam I guess you know like I, I find that really interesting especially coming from like a science nerd background but like, also like the fun thing is even if it was something genetically wrong with Sam mm, it would also not be necessarily wrong as well like different yeah, yeah, yeah. but like even if it was something genetically that was causing his powers etc like it would technically be in his bones too so it's like incorrect either way Maybe it was something specifically to do with blood that is the reason yeah. why Sam has powers. And, like, I said a couple of episodes back, or a couple of, it's like half a dozen now, it was mm-hmm. in um, Nightmare, where Sam's drawing all these, like, massively wild conclusions. <laughs> yeah. Of, like... I must be evil. I must be evil. There's someone else like me. They are evil. They are killing people, etc., etc., etc. And I basically said, mate, that's too small a sample size. Yeah. But now it's sort of like... We're getting more samples. We're getting more samples. And the vast majority of the special children that we've met so far, every single one of them has murdered somebody. 
every single one of them, Sam included. So it's just like, if the purpose is not to put them in a position where they are going to murder somebody, it's a weird fucking coincidence. Yeah, and even um, Dean in the episode, and I wrote down the whole quote because I wanted to make sure that I got it like relatively close to what he says. Uh, when Andy stops them in the Impala and he's like, why are you guys following me? And Sam comes up with the bullshit about, oh, we're a lawyer. And he's like, no, tell the truth. And Dean, like... Unable to stop himself. Is just telling him everything. And Sam's like, Dean, shut up. And Dean's like, I'm trying. You know, and he he says, you know, you see, he's a psychic, kind of like you, except he thinks you're a murderer and he's afraid he's going to become one himself because you're all part of something terrible. And I hope to hell that he's wrong, but I'm starting to get a little scared that he might be right. And that's really interesting because obviously we know that that's actually how Dean is feeling because yeah. he can't control it because it's Andy who's pulling it out of him. And he's been told to tell the truth and he is not able to resist Andy's powers, unlike Sam. And obviously, like, we know now, like, Dean is legitimately concerned because he's seeing the same pattern that you're seeing, mm. which is that, well, I guess actually the more of these psychic guys we meet... More of them are murderers. murderers than not, you yeah. know? The other thing of note that we haven't touched on yet is that none of the psychic powers in this episode work on Sam. So the telekinesis that we saw with Max is a bit different. Max was manipulating objects. objects not but people, this but... is Andy and Weber cannot directly manipulate Sam. They never directly manipulate each other either. True, true. Because Andy could not stop Weber from trying to hurt Tracy or Dean. Um, but also Weber couldn't stop Andy from trying to stop him. Yeah, so they're like all kind of null and void around each other. Around each other, which is interesting, and I wonder if you have any further thoughts on that. I know. I just sort of put the whole Sam isn't impacted by his powers down to the whole he's psychic and has a mental shield sort of thing in place. Mm. Like I just assumed it was something to do with Sam's psychic powers that made him invulnerable to though whether that is something that is like a commonality between all of the special children yeah and whether theoretically all of the special children are immune to the like mind control powers because i'm assuming down the line we will find out that somebody's fucking like able to read minds or like you know like other things that directly infringe upon somebody's mind or like they're an empath and they can control emotions or whatever yeah like I'm going to assume that down the track, Sam specifically will be immune to them. And I wouldn't be surprised if other special children were also immune to those sort of powers, if that makes sense. Just because at this point, like none of the powers directly aimed at somebody's like psyche have been successful on somebody who also has psychic gifts. If that makes sense. Yeah. That was a very roundabout way of saying it. No, no. That's I okay. couldn't think of a better way to make my point. We and love my, rambling tangents on this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> and, and my point is specifically that Weber doesn't influence Andy. Andy doesn't influence Weber. Yeah. And neither Andy nor Weber influence Sam. So it's like at this point, they've all been immune to mind control powers. It has been yeah. demonstrated. I think it's definitely something that will continue to extend to Sam as we discover more special children and I'm going to go ahead because they're all psychic powers and predict that some of them will be fucking mind reading, uh, emotion projection, empath like hyper empathy, etc. I'm going to assume that they're probably going to have 
a sh- like Sam specifically will have a shield, but also there is a good chance that the other psychic children will also have a shield because all of the powers have been psychic so far in nature. I'm so sorry. You're making some really interesting fun points and all I can think about is Twilight and Bella <laughs> with her fucking red mind shield. <laughs> like Everyone is Bella. <laughs> Everyone's Bella in this. All of the special <sighs> children, they're Bella. But they're also Edward at the same time. <laughs> Oh my god, Sam is Alice. Oh my god, he is! Dude, I did not think we would spend this much time talking about Twilight. In our Supernatural In the Supernatural podcast. (laughs) Look, this is not where I thought my life would go, but here we are. So that is sort of like, that's the way I'm thinking about it. And I'm assuming as we go down the line, I'll learn more or less whether I'm correct. Yeah. Because I'm assuming we're going to run into other special children. It would be really fucking weird at this point if they just If they just completely dropped the the plot line and it was just like Sam just never had a vision ever again Again. and we just never heard anymore about the yellow light guy. And like the thing is, you can't even argue that Sam's power makes my prediction that like psychic abilities protect you from other psychic abilities considering his psychic ability doesn't directly influence somebody else if that makes sense like he sees the situations around them Mm -hmm. just like max could control objects around them yeah but it isn't going into their brain what's interesting about sam's ability is that he has the ability to prevent what's happening in the vision. So previously, like in a home, he sees his vision and that's how he knows to like go into the house, you know, to save her because yeah. it wasn't finished. In this episode, uh, actually, and in um, uh, in Nightmare, yeah, he sees it and he's too late. He doesn't get there in time. In this episode, we have an instance of he has the vision of Dr. Jennings, I think is the name of the man who gets hit by the bus, going into the gun store. Which, by the way, the concept of gun stores. So it wasn't a gun store, it was a sporting goods store with a gun section. Oh my, really? Yes. I cannot imagine going into like, I don't know, an Amart All Sports and like next to the tennis rackets is just like a hunting rifle. That's bizarre. Anyway. And then he fucking gives him the ammo. I don't know, man. It was weird. But America's confusing to me. Point is... Sam sees the doctor go into the building in the vision and he sees him shoot the guy with the double barrel and then he sees him go out and, well, he sees him shoot himself, actually. And Sam's like, how do I prevent this? And kudos to Sam, pulling the fire alarm is a good good call. because Second it... time they've done that so far. Yeah, though. yeah. I tell you what, effective. So, you know, Sam gets everyone out of the building and you see the doc kind of go, oh, and he's like out of his trance and he turns and he, he goes to walk away. And then unfortunately... Uh, he does walk himself in front of a bus, which Sam then immediately blames himself for. But he couldn't have possibly known because to his knowledge, he's diverted the vision. So it's interesting because Sam has like... But he doesn't really divert the vision, I think. is the Because his first vision of the Doctor, the bus drives past. Yeah. It's the first thing he sees because he swivels to follow the vision. Well, he doesn't, but... The vision yeah. swivels to follow the dock into the well, the sports store to the hunting rifle section. He doesn't see what happens to the bus. Yeah, I think Sam's... The reason I was saying that is Sam's visions are interesting because they're not set in stone. Yeah. They are able to be manipulated. So he is given Sam's the opportunity... visions are what will happen if nobody does something they weren't planning on already doing. Yeah, and what is interesting is... 
while we've seen him have visions where he hasn't been able to get there in time, like with Max's dad in Nightmare, in this episode, he actually sees the woman covering herself in petrol and setting herself on fire as it's happening. Like, he's, or like, watching least, it live. Like, 30 seconds. Like, there's, like, a 30-second delay. Like, yeah. it's not a case of he saw this, like, 10, 15, 20 minutes before it happened. Yeah, it because you like, hear the sirens in the background as he's coming back from it, you know? He's either seeing it in real time or he's seeing it 30 seconds to a minute max before yeah, it happens. Exactly. It's not enough time to prevent it. And that seems so cruel because it's one thing to see something and know you can prevent it and have that as like, okay, I know what I need to do. And it's another thing to have to be forced to watch something and not be able to do anything about it. Even Andy says, like, they're talking when Dean's gone to check out the crime scene and he goes, death visions? Like, dude, that sucks. Like, when I got my power, I was, like, winning the lottery, you know? And it is so interesting how their abilities are different and also how it affects them differently. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, like I said, Sam, like, the doc dies and Sam immediately blames himself for not being able to save him, even though he managed to save the other guy and save everyone else in the building, the trauma of, you know, an active shooter. Then it was replaced by traumatising the bus driver. True. (laughs) And all the passengers on the bus. Yeah. Different trauma, though. Yeah, so one less person was dead, so that's something. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting where sort of Andy has been constantly rewarded by his gift. Sam has sort of been, like, constantly tortured. Because even then, like, his vision in Nightmare of the dad dying, ultimately, when he got that vision, it was too late. It would have been physically impossible to get there in time to stop it. Yeah, and they tried. They tried. They certainly tried to get there in time to stop it. But the vision wasn't far enough in advance of it happening to be able to physically make it back there to stop it. And also that was before Dean fully understood what was going on. So I feel like he was less inclined. Like, do you remember Sam was trying to convince him on the drive over that it was, like, legit? So I think... Because Nightmare was really the thing that convinced Dean Dean. that Sam had powers. Yeah, because we saw it in Home, but... Then it was sort of like it could have been a fluke, like it was their childhood home. It could have been specifically because it was that house. Yeah. Like it's more easily explainable as like coincidence. Yeah. And even like when Sam says, like, oh, I had visions of like Jess burning to death on the ceiling. Still related to Mary. It's still related to Mary. You could still dismiss it as something that Sam's having a nightmare about or Sam was having a nightmare about before because, of course, that's how Mary died. I want to quickly bring it back. While we're talking about mothers, we get a little bit more of the Roadhouse and Ellen, Joe and Ash in this episode. And I want to bring it back to them because I do love them. And we do get a couple of developments. We get Ash's Dr. Badass, which I love. (laughs) Um, We get Joe and Dean having a little bit more of a flirt. Oh, yeah, shoulder wiggle, eyebrow raise, exactly. But also he has the line, like, he's terrified of Ellen, essentially. I love that. I love his... She's like... He's not wrong. You're afraid of my mother? He's like, "Mm, yeah, I think so. (laughs) And he is correct. (laughs) No, uh, but no, Ellen has a point. At the very end of the episode, she's basically like, we fucking do this together, and together means 
sharing your goddamn information. Yeah. She has a point. Ellen is full of fantastic points. I love Ellen. She is like the opposite of John. <laughs> you know, she's like, no, we're going to share information. We're going to be a team. There are going to be no secrets here because secrets are not going to help anyone. And she has so many goddamn points. She is so valid for that take. Yeah. And like Dean at the start of the episode I was talking about earlier when he inadvertently refers to Sam as a freak, you know, it's because they're talking about Sam wanting to ask Ellen and Joe and Ash about it and for help. And Dean says like, I just don't know if walking in and announcing you're some supernatural freak with a demon connection is a good idea. And at the very end of the episode, Sam's like, I'm going to fucking tell them that I have these abilities and fuck it, I guess. Like, you know, I trust them and this is going to be the best way. This is the best shot we have of figuring this whole thing out. And yeah, so he tells them and it doesn't like, it doesn't matter. Nope. They're like, okay, all right. We move on from We're going to work with this. Okay. What else do we know? What else can we put into Ash's like algorithm? You know, how yeah. can we, how can we help? What can we, how can we solve this mystery? How can we prevent it happening to other people? And yeah, Sam's proven right. Like, it's important not to keep everything close to your chest at this point. Like, it's more important to share the information. It will cost you down the track if you... Withhold it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of trusting people and having friends and the spirit of friendship, um, I do just want to point out, one, in another life, Dean and Andy would have been friends. They would have been besties. <laughs> they have the same taste in cars. Yeah. <laughs> and pastimes. Number two... Are you um, implying that somewhere in the boot, like, Dean has a giant fucking bong? I think he'd like to. <laughs> and secondly, I am really glad that Sam left Andy his contact details because the boy needs a friend. Like, they both do. You know, I, God, I love Sam so much and he's such a pure little bean and he's going through a lot and Dean's not coping and he just needs someone else who can, like, kind of understand what's going on with him and I'm glad that... The implication that he and Andy are going to stay in touch is, is there. I mean, the implication that they were going to stay in touch with Missouri was also there. That Look, worked. you got me there. I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> and also, speaking on Ellen and Ash and Joe. Yeah. You already touched on it earlier, but they bring up the point that not all the kids lost their mothers in the fire, which makes them a lot harder to track. Because otherwise that's something very specific that they can track. Yeah. They can track how many house fires there were in America and from there, they can narrow it down to all the house fires where the matriarch of the family died. When they had approximately a six-month-old. And they've also got a time range, too. Question. All around 83. This is going to be batshit insane and you're going to laugh. <laughs> okay. But question. What happens if the baby was born, right, and then got adopted by two lesbians? Do both the mothers burn to death on the ceiling? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Because the going by your logic before, you would expect that one of them would kind of go mad with grief and then ruin the child's upbringing. That seems to be the uh, theory that you're running with. If yeah, but both my of them theory, die... My theory may not be correct. But I can't speak to any other theory because I... No, speak to canon. Okay. You don't have to tell me what canon actually is. In canon... What would happen? I want to know. I know that it's nothing that's ever going to be addressed, and I know that you can't really... It's okay, not really so going to spoil only, anything for me. The only like, question is, would one or both of them die? Yeah. It's a triple-way 30% split. That neither of them would die, both of them would die, or that only one of them would die. Yeah. Or that one of them would die, the other one would die, or 
So it is so the 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 thirty three by thirty three by thirty three way split is neither of them would die, one of them would die, both of them would die. Okay. Without spoiling anything, that's so, the only way I could possibly in canon if there's a baby and it got adopted by two dads by a gay couple. Yeah. Would either of the dads burn or would they be safe because they're dads? Because we've now established adoption is an option and they don't care about biological parents. They care about adoptive parents. It's the same split. It's the same split. Okay. It's the same split. Are there any special children in canon that have a dad that burnt to death on the ceiling? Not that I'm aware of. See, that's just fucking sexist. Yeah, I know. But I also know you more know than why. you do. <laughs> so it's the same split. Okay. It's the same. So regardless of the gender of the parents, regardless of any gender, okay. it's the same percentile split. So there is a 33% chance neither will die, 33% chance one will die, 33% chance both will die. It's very dependent on circumstance. So that indicates that maybe there's a situation where both parents die? Not, not in canon. It comes to mind, but there is nothing to prevent that situation from happening. Okay. Do you like do you like my questions? Your questions are really difficult because they're hard to answer without other information that I have that you can't have yet. So it's good. It's a challenge. Well, what if I want the information? Oh, you'll just have to keep watching. <laughs> okay, you ready for a PSA? Oh, fuck yeah, I'm ready for your PSA. I almost forgot about it. Okay, this week I want you to guess because I feel like it's one that you can oh. guess. But I want to know. Like last week I'm like, she's never going to guess my PSA. Um, so, but this week I'm like, you can totally guess it. It's totally possible. We watched the same episode. You say that and then it puts a lot of pressure on me (laughs) because I probably won't guess it. And then I sound like I'm stupid. Um, fuck. Okay. Don't try to coerce people into sexual relations? No. Okay, well, that would have been a good one. It would have. You're correct. (laughs) That is a good point. But no. What is it? (laughs) Okay, my PSA this week. Gun control works. Yeah. I don't even know if I wanted to buy a gun. I don't know how I would do it. Do you know how to buy a gun? In theory. I don't even know the theory. <laughs> it's just occurred to me. Like, we can buy guns here, but I wouldn't know how to. I would um, assume you would go to the police station, request a form to fill out as, like, for a background check. Like, you would do, like, a police check for, like, working with children see, or something. See, the way I would go about acquiring a gun is I'd probably go to a gun club. And get them to help me with the paperwork. Because I don't even you... know how to get to a gun club. Why don't you go to a Facebook page? Do we have? Yeah. We have, a, we have a shooting club locally. Yeah. Where? They shoot up in the paddock by my mum's house. <laughs> Occasionally on like a Sunday, you'll just hear like the crack. Because they're like firing rifles at targets. That's crazy. I didn't know we had a gun club locally. Point is, <laughs> I don't know how to buy a gun. I am glad that we have gun laws here. End of PSA. <laughs> End of Jamie's PSA. Moving on. Moving on. Um, there was certainly no discussion of bathroom cocaine. <laughs> that I've had to cut from this podcast. Just um, leave that tiny section. <laughs> leave them wanting more. Um, on that note, do you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Or are you just about uh, done for today? I don't know. I... Let me let it's me just two double hours ch- past my bedtime, so I'm feeling loopy. That's when we get the best content. I will say I'm disappointed. Neither of the twins was named Simon. <laughs> can you imagine? If, can you 
imagine if they actually were? I wonder if that was in the first draft and they were like, look, dude, <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> okay, so if that is everything for today. Yes. I'm allowed. I'm. You're done. I'm also starting to get loopy. Fantastic. What would you rate Simon Said out of five? Three and a half. Oh, so it's on the higher end. I yeah. Most of your episodes seem to fall between a 2.5 and a 3.5. Yeah. Nothing really seems to fall too far out of those yeah. rules. And one of the ones that I did give a higher rating, I kind of regret. Wasn't <laughs> that like Phantom Trouble? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this episode, you'd give it a three and a half? Yes. Perfect. Uh, did you have anything that you wanted to talk about in regards to that? Or are you happy to just leave it at that? I have four words Ooh. to explain my rating of three and a half stars. All right. Andy, Joe, Ellen, and Dr. Badass. Sorry, that was five words. I didn't count them correctly. <laughs> Wait, who's the point five? <laughs> they all are. They get, like, no, each word gets an extra point oh, one. okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I like their characters, so I gave them extra points. Okay, cool. And the next episode, so uh, episode six, is called No Exit. Do you have any thoughts, predictions, vibes for anyone who doesn't know me you probably don't know i'm an intellectual (laughs) for those of you at home she just strategically shoved her glasses further up her nose (laughs) no exit is a 1993 play by Sartre. i think that's how you pronounce it i'm I'm an intellectual but not have you never heard of the play no exit no were you a drama kid yes but clearly not an intellectual one (laughs) I'm not going to repeat the entire plot of it like I did a couple of episodes back that Bethany cut yeah. the entire thing because it was not relevant. It was to like the plot. 30 minutes of you explaining to me the plot of Les Mis and the only reason hey. you did it was because you were telling about how your face blind and didn't know which one Hugh Jackman was. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> to be fair, that movie is like three hours long so I saved you two and a half hours. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. So the play No Exit is essentially there are three people who get sent to hell, but they get locked in a room together to essentially torture each other for eternity. That does sound like Supernatural. Actually, it kind of sounds like The Good Place. That is actually (laughs) one of the basis for The Good Place. Oh, I love that. I love The Good Place. It's actually the play where the line, maybe hell is other people, originates. That's a bit depressing. (laughs) <laughs> it is a play it's a French play. Oh. That explains it? No. I just said oh. Because oh. <laughs> I, I wanted I was to like, sound like I understood your implications. It's a French play like Les Mis, which means it's all kind of depressing. Okay. Something about French plays, depressing. Right. Across the board. Gotcha. No exceptions. There probably are exceptions, but no notable exceptions. But no. So I'm going to assume it is something to do with people torturing other people. It's hard to explain, like, what the concept is in my mind's eye. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think I kind of get it because it's, like, the idea of, like, using someone to torture someone else. I mean, I've seen The Good Place, so I kind of yeah. understand that as a theory. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, no exit is, like, The Good Place, but, like, there are only three people and it's a single room. So they can't get away. Like, you know, in The Good Place, like, they all have their own homes, etc. Yeah. But in No Exit, like, they are in a single room. So it's like a similar concept, but with a smaller sandbox and the participants know why they're there. Yeah. 
Sure. Okay, so how would you conceptualise that into the world of supernatural? Very literally, they're all going to hell, they're getting locked in a room. Alright. The worst <laughs> thing is, it's not impossible. In yeah, this, it's completely within the realm of possibility. Within supernatural. Like, that's the worst thing about this TV show. <laughs> Is they could do a cheap. They could do a cheap knockoff of like a nineteen thirties French play, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that tracks." All right, cool. I see where you're going. That makes sense. Yeah, I know that makes sense. I think that's just about everything. We'll just have to wait and see next week if you are correct in your predictions. So that just about does it for today's episode. As always, we would love if you wanted to interact with us. You can always find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod. I reckon you should send her a list of your favourite depressing French plays or even, if you've got some, some happy French plays um, just to spice it up a little bit. And if you want to interact with Beth, you can find her on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast. I've established that she doesn't really ship anyone with Dean at all, like, ever. So, like, who do you ship with Dean? Like, I think... And why is it Cass? <laughs> no, like... Cass isn't even an option here, okay? Let's pretend Cass doesn't exist for a second. I, I want. Could, I could never. I want the most <laughs> batshit insane crack ships for her. It has to be balls to the wall insane, though. Like, if we're not shipping in with Cass, who are we shipping in with? No genuine love interest either. Nah, uh Miss us with that fucking shit. No, I can't no. wait to introduce you to Cass, Mick. No, no. I can't wait. I am just <laughs> looking for, like, I want you to send her, like... Your Dean X, like the cop in Dead in the Water fan, you know? <laughs> okay. I look forward to that. If I get any, I'll rate them. Okay. And I'll, 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 I'll. Reblog them. I'll, if anyone sends me like an ask or something and like chucks that in there, I will reblog it with my thoughts and a rating out of five. <laughs> Finally, she's rating something out of five. <laughs> so you're giving me homework, is what we're yeah. saying. Well, I've given myself homework. You've given yourself homework. Look, you don't have... You know when I was a kid, I used to make my mum give me homework through the school holidays? <laughs> I, did, I did a project on the solar system and on birds and also on, I think, Greek mythology. I used to go through our encyclopedias and shit and I would, like, do projects on, like, butcher's paper. That's just the kid I was. No wonder you've never tried bathroom cocaine. <laughs> And I don't know how to buy guns. <laughs> I sit here in my TARDIS hoodie on a cushion in a blanket on my bedroom floor and I talk to you about Supernatural, a show that ended almost a year ago. Well, actually over a year ago by the time this comes out. So thank you so much for listening to us ramble on for like an hour. Forever. About highly irrelevant things to the episode. We've now officially made this episode Way longer to edit than it needs to be for Beth. So pray for her soul. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks Week, for listening. Night, day, <laughs> morning, mid-morning, lunch, brunch, noon. Can you tell midnight? we're both sleep deprived? Answer, yes. You'd think by now we would be good at ending this. We're not. Bye. Bye. <laughs>